Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Enhancing Patient Outcomes in Relapsed or Refractory Follicular Lymphoma, Recognizing the Role of Novel Bispecific Antibody-Based Therapies. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an independent medical education grant from Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated. Hello, I'm John Allen from New York City at Weill Cornell Medicine, where I'm an associate professor of clinical medicine in the Division of Hematology and Medical Oncology. In our program today, we'll talk about the role of novel bispecific antibody therapies in relapse refractory follicular lymphoma. As you know, follicular lymphoma is one of the most common forms of non-Hodgkin lymphoma. And although patients respond nicely to frontline therapy, it is considered an incurable disease and patients will ultimately undergo relapse and require second and later lines of therapy. So let's begin by discussing the current treatment landscape of relapse refractory indolent follicular lymphoma in this first session. Here is guideline recommendations for outlining second-line therapies in follicular lymphoma. In general, we are still considering chemoimmunotherapy for our patients in the frontline setting, but we have recent data showing that R-squared is very, very effective, essentially showing equivalent outcomes compared to chemoimmunotherapy. And we can still also consider monotherapy anti-CD20 like rituximab, particularly in patients with low tumor burden follicular lymphoma. In general, if you use one approach in that frontline setting, such as BR as your chemoimmunotherapy approach, when patients relapse and we think about a second-line therapy, we kind of switch our gears and then we kind of talk about using a therapy like R-squared or monotherapy anti-CD20, etc. We currently have several small molecules approved in this third line or later setting for our patients with follicular lymphoma. And these small molecules include EZH2 inhibitor, tazometastat, or the PI3 kinase inhibitor, copanolicid. The EZH2 inhibitor, tazometastat, is an oral option. It's less aggressive, it's very well tolerated, has moderate activity, but can have significant progression-free survival over around a year. Our other option is PI3 kinase inhibitor, copanolicid. This is an IV approach. These drugs have been relegated to later lines of therapy, mostly due to adverse events. While they show some activity, they are really limited by their adverse event profile and therefore not as increasingly used. This takes us to our T-cell-mediated therapy, which has had recent approvals in the follicular lymphoma space with impressive and encouraging efficacy and outcomes. We have two approaches in this third-line setting, our CAR T-cell therapies with AxiCell and T-cell both being FDA-approved in this follicular lymphoma indication. And then we have mosinituzumab, which is a bispecific T-cell engaging treatment, or known as a BITE. These are all approved in the third-line or later setting in patients who are progressing after two prior lines of treatment. To conclude, we have many therapies available to us, and now we'll learn how to differentiate and make decisions regarding which approach might be best for our specific patient at hand. In this next session, let's discuss which patients with relapse refractory follicular lymphoma may benefit from T-cell-mediated treatments. There remains a need for novel therapeutics in relapse refractory follicular lymphoma. Those patients who may benefit from novel therapies include those who are heavily pretreated, who are younger and or fitter to tolerate more aggressive T-cell-mediated treatments, double refractory patients who have poorer responses to later-line therapies, and those patients with disease progression within 24 months of their frontline therapy. And in these settings, after two lines of therapy, both CAR-T and bispecific antibodies are approved for these highly refractory, difficult-to-treat patients. 
So let's start with our first case. This is a 60-year-old female who was diagnosed two years prior with follicular lymphoma grade 3A. Mutational analysis showed that she was EZH2 wild type. She was initially treated with bendamustine rituximab, achieving a CMR. Unfortunately, one year later showed radiographic progression with increasing abdominal lymphadenopathy. This again was biopsied, proving follicular lymphoma grade 3A. Given no transformation, she was treated with lenalidomide and rituximab, five months later showing resolution of adenopathy. Unfortunately, about a year or so after cessation of her R-squared, she again showed progressive disease with new lymphadenopathy throughout and an abdominal adenopathy with the highest SUV being 10, which is not suggestive of transformation given that these are consistent with follicular lymphoma SUVs. At this point, given that this was likely follicular lymphoma, she was offered either CAR T-cell therapy or bispecific antibodies on a clinical trial. Given her age and refractoriness, she received CAR T-cell therapy, achieving a CR of which she remains in currently. Let's now discuss our second case. This is a 70-year-old man diagnosed with follicular lymphoma 15 years prior. He was treated with bendamustine rituximab, achieving a good response, was in remission for about four years, at which point he started to progress and required therapy again. Here, he was treated with lenalidomide and rituximab on a clinical trial, again, achieving a great response and in remission for at least five years until he relapsed. Upon relapse, he did not require therapy for an additional two years due to him being asymptomatic. At this point in time, his lymph nodes continue to increase and in now meeting treatment indications. He's having increasing mediastinal lymphadenopathy, and though he's asymptomatic, the size criteria is being met. Biopsy of the lymph node shows that tumor testing reveals EZH2 mutation, and now he has three great opportunities for treatment, one with bispecific antibody, one with tazemetostat, or one with CAR T-cell therapy. Given his age, his asymptomatic state, his wish to avoid toxicities, and Impressed by encouraging activity, he chose bispecific antibody therapy. In the next session, let's take a comparative look at these two T-cell-mediated therapies. Both CD20, CD3 bispecific antibodies, and CD19-directed CAR T-cell therapies are indicated as later lines of treatment in relapse refractory FL. These are both T-cell-mediated treatments, and in this session, let's compare these therapies. The mechanism of action of bispecific antibodies is outlined on this slide. Bispecific antibodies target both the malignant cancer cell as well as engage with the effector T cell. In this case, CD20 is bound on the malignant B cells by the bispecific antibody, and simultaneously, the T cell is engaged by binding CD3 and agonizing the T cell receptor, activating the T cell against the malignant B cell. The mechanism CAR T-cell therapies is slightly different in that the T-cell is removed ex vivo of the patient, modified in vitro, grown, expanded, and reinfused into the patient. The T-cells have been modified to target specifically the CD19 on the malignant B-cell. The advantages of bispecific antibodies are that the fact that they are off the shelf. They do not require lots of logistic hurdles and long lead time, such as CAR T-cell therapy. They can be administered in community clinics. They have low risk of neurotoxicity and CRS or cytokine release syndrome. The disadvantage is that they have shorter half-lives. They require multiple infusions and the durability of long-term remissions still remains unclear as they are just newly being used. CAR T-cells have longer-term data so we know that patients who are in deep remissions can have long and durable remissions. They require a single infusion, a one-time treatment, at which point the patient then is observed off of therapy until there is progression. And they have longer treatment-free intervals because of this. The disadvantages, though, is that they have a lot of logistical hurdles to manufacture, in which case there can be delays. They require lymphodepletion cytotoxic chemotherapy. 
They have higher rates of CRS neurotoxicity. They require specialized centers, and they have very high upfront costs. To conclude, CAR T-cell therapies and bispecific antibodies offer excellent choices for our patients with relapse refractory follicular lymphoma. To choose between a CAR T-cell approach or a bispecific approach typically depends upon the individual patient and disease-related factors. Compared to CAR T-cell therapies, bispecific antibodies may have some advantages such as favorable safety profiles, the ease of administration, and easier access in outpatient settings. The anti-CD20, CD3 bispecific antibodies have now demonstrated favorable single-agent activity in patients with heavily appreciated B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphomas and are now an important therapeutic option for our patients with follicular lymphoma. In our next session, let's discuss the key clinical data for approved and emerging anti-CD20 bispecific antibodies and relapse refractory follicular lymphoma. In this session, now let's discuss the clinical profiles for approved and emerging anti-CD20 CD3 bispecific antibodies. Here we see data summarized for mosinutuzumab, which is currently FDA approved for third line or later settings in follicular lymphoma. This was approved on an accelerated basis based on the results of this phase two single arm study of Mosin in patients with relapse refractory FL that had had two prior lines of therapy. Here we see high overall response rates, high complete remission rates, and excellent PFS in this fixed duration approach. Previous follow-ups showed that observed CR rates were significantly higher than that seen with historical control capanolisib in a similar patient population. Here we see results summarized for odronextamab monotherapy from the ELM-2 study. This is a phase two clinical trial. Here again, we see very high overall response rates, high complete remission rates, excellent PFS rates, and overall survival at three years. Moving on to another emerging agent in the follicular lymphoma space, here is epicaritimab monotherapy data summarized in the FL indication. This is based on the EPCOR NHL1 study. And here, again, high overall response rates, complete remission rates, excellent PFS, as well as overall survival not being reached. And lastly, the fourth clinically relevant bispecific antibody, glofitimab, also generating data in the relapse refractory FL space. Here we see glofitimab, again, matching what we've seen with other bispecific antibodies in high overall response rates, as well as CMR rates. Key adverse events are noted with bispecific antibodies, specifically cytokine release syndrome, neurotoxicities or ICANs, infections, and prolonged cytopenias. While we see these adverse events, they are dramatically lower than what we've seen with CAR T-cell therapies. And with proper vigilance, these are all manageable. In the front-running clinical trials with bispecific antibodies, CRS was the most frequent toxicity seen in over half the patients, typically of lower grades. Rates of ICANs are very low, with rates of high-grade ICANs being less than 1% to 2% in most studies. The key takeaway from this session is that bispecifics are efficacious and safe in the third line or later follicular lymphoma setting. They do have points of difference that should be taken into note, such as dosing schedules, fixed duration versus continuous approaches, and administration approaches such as IV versus subcutaneous. They are showing activity in patients who are double refractory and or who are high risk due to POD24. And they have shown a safety profile that is differential from those of CAR T-cells, where we are seeing lower rates of CRS, lower grades of CRS, and much lower grades and in incidence of ICANs and neurotoxicities. In the next session, let's discuss management strategies for adverse events associated with bispecific antibodies. Even though the safety profiles of bispecific antibodies are favorable, Monitoring for toxicities and appropriate management of them associated with these agents are still required to help further optimize outcomes with these therapies. Let's discuss some patient-centered management strategies. Here we see management strategies for key toxicities of bispecific antibodies. In general, CRS is mostly low-grade, 
limited to the first cycle, and resolve spontaneously with minimal intervention. Those with higher-grade CRS should be promptly treated with tocilizumab with or without steroids. Patients should have their infusion withheld until symptoms resolve, and further management strategies and indications can be found in the prescriber insert of indicated therapies. All of these bispecific agents employ a step-up dosing for administration, so over the course of anywhere three to four weeks, doses gradually increased to help mitigate that cytokine release syndrome. Patients are pre-medicated with corticosteroids, antihistamines, and antipyretics as needed. Eventually, can be dropped off should no CRS be experienced later on in treatment. All patients should be monitored carefully and ensure hydration and have clear instructions for when they go home, when they need to call, and come back to the hospital. Here we see summary for management strategies, the neurotoxicities, or ICANs. In clinical trials with bispecific antibodies, these are, in general, rare. They are usually grade one or two. They typically self-resolve spontaneously over time. But regardless, patients should be monitored for symptoms. Supportive care should be provided as needed. For higher-grade toxicities, permanently discontinue bispecific antibody. Cytopenias can occur with these agents, so patients should be monitored for their complete blood count. Treatment should be withheld should there be higher-grade cytopenias noted until resolution. Infections have been noted, typically viral infections, so patients should be monitored closely. They should be treated as needed and withhold treatments if there are active viral or bacterial infections. To conclude, follicular lymphoma is considered an incurable illness with patients ultimately relapsing over time. As relapses occur, remissions remain shorter, and we need novel therapeutics to overcome disease refractoriness. T-cell-mediated therapies offer a unique mechanism of action that have demonstrated exciting activity, deep remissions, with several of these approaches now having long-term follow-up showing durability of these complete remissions. The advent of bispecific antibodies will be important for our patients in the third-line or later follicular lymphoma setting, particularly in those highly refractory or POD24 patients where we see activity. Additionally, these have a favorable safety profile compared to other T-cell-mediated therapies like CAR T-cell. Thank you for your time and attention. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.